right. How's everyone doing? I would like to welcome everyone back to another episode of It's the Flat Out Truth Podcast. I'm your host, Bravo Cologne. First off, I would like to start by thanking everyone who's supporting us. This is something that we cannot do alone. And your continued support is greatly appreciated. So please, if you can, pass the link on to someone who you think will benefit from our podcast and help us spread the word. You know, today I want to talk about taking up your cross. What does it mean to take up your cross? Some people think, oh, well, you know, it's... uh, It's a little bit of hardship. It's, you know, a little bit of pain. But those of us who believe in God and in the word of God, we've read these verses. We've read them and read them and reread them. And we know these verses well. Some of us have even memorized these verses. But yet when it comes down to the nitty gritty, When things just seem to get out of control. When your whole world seems like it's tumbling down upon you. These verses are the furthest thing from our minds. Huh? What do you mean? You might ask. Well, here I'm going to speak from experience. And it may not apply to you who's listening. Although I'm sure there are a few of you that have been through this that can relate. You know, when you first come to know the Savior of humanity, the Redeemer of the world, he may have pulled you out of some horrible, depressing, lonely situation. And then you give your life to him in front of all those people. Because, you know, it says you have to confess him before man so he can confess you before God and you've been told that once you give your life to Yeshua to the Messiah that everything's going to be okay now and a few years go by and you go through some trials you go through some tribulations you hang in there you hang in there tough but you hang in there And then, bang, something that you describe as really horrible just happened to you or to someone really close to you, someone that you hold really dear, has been dealt a raw hand. And now it affects you. It affects you to the point that you begin to doubt yourself. You doubt your faith. You start asking, why do you even believe? And you even begin to doubt God. Now, your walk is beginning to, to be a little shaky, and you don't fellowship as much as you used to. You say within yourself, and you're, you're, you're like asking God, I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. So then why? Why is all this happening to me? I thought we passed on from suffering when we come to know Messiah. Now, I'm saying this because These are the very things that I've said at one point in my life. 
I've read the Bible and, and I, I, I search the scriptures and, and then I read these scriptures a little slower, a little more careful, and I was able to see a little clearer. Now, in Matthew chapter 16, verses 21 to 25, these verses speak of Yeshua explaining to his disciples what was about to happen to him. But Peter, we know all Peter, he jumps to, you know, the rescue, you know. In all his zeal, he lost sight of the master's purpose. And he rebuked our Lord for speaking such things. But then afterward was rebuked by Yeshua for his reaction. So I'm going to read these verses from uh Matthew chapter 16 verses 21 to 25 from that time on Yeshua began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders chief priests and the scribes and that he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him Far be it from you, Lord, he said. This shall never happen to you. But then Yeshua turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. For you do not have in mind the things of God, but the things of men. And then Yeshua told his disciples, If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself. Take up his cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Now, that first word, deny, stood out. You have to deny yourself. He must deny himself. What does that really mean? Well, I always tend to go to different resources to seek out the definition of a word or the explanation of a word. And I, I go to Bible study tools, Webster's Dictionary, Strong's Concordance, and Bible study tools has the word denied described in this way. It says, this word is characteristic of the New Testament rather than the Old Testament. Although it translates three different Hebrew originals, namely kahash, to lie, disown. We find that word for deny in Genesis chapter 18, verses 15, uh, verse 15, Joshua chapter 24, verse 27, Job chapter 8, verse 18, and chapter 31, verse 28. Also in Proverbs, chapter 30, verse 9. And we find the word mana, to withhold, keep back. We find that word used in 1 Kings, chapter 20, verse 7. Proverbs, chapter 30, verse 7. Then we find the word shub, which is actually the root word to the word teshuva, teshub. To turn back, 
to say no. And we find that word used in 1 Kings chapter 2, verse 16. But in Webster's Dictionary, there are three definitions to the word deny. First one, it's to declare untrue. Second definition is to refuse to admit or acknowledge. Third definition has three sub-definitions. A is to give a negative answer to. B, to refuse to grant. And C is to restrain oneself from gratification of desires. An example, deny himself the foods that he loves. So then, to deny oneself means to restrain from pleasurable desires, to refuse the fleshly desires to turn completely around to disown oneself, to disown oneself, for you were bought at a price. Could this be what it means to be a slave to Messiah? When we come to Messiah from wherever Messiah has brought us out of, we are to surrender everything to him. We are to give up our lives for him. We no longer belong to ourselves, for we were bought at a price. When I was a child, I was reminded constantly, Oye, tú no te gobiernas. You don't govern yourself. I would hear this every time I tried to do something that I wanted to do that went against what everybody else was doing, you, you know. So now it makes a lot more sense to me. Tú no te gobiernas. So to follow Messiah, we must come to him and lay everything that we own at his feet. Sign over the title to him and give him all ownership. This is Shub. This is Teshuva. And we must acknowledge that he is Lord over our lives. Now, there's the issue of taking up your cross, which goes hand in hand with follow me. The word cross has a very long definition and for the sake of this topic, we're just going to look at the first two definitions in Webster's. Webster's defines cross as a noun. And the first definition has two sub-definitions. So does the second one. So first definition, A, is a structure consisting of an upright with a transverse beam used especially by the ancient Romans for execution. B. Often capitalized the cross on which Jesus was crucified. Now the second definition. A. Is crucifixion. B. An affliction that tries one's virtue, steadfastness, or patience. Example. We all have our crosses to bear. Now definition. To be is what stood out the most to me. An affliction that tries one's virtue, steadfastness, or patience. Wow. 
So when Yeshua said that we have to take up our cross, was he really telling us that we would have to suffer affliction willingly for the kingdom? That we would have to face suffering in order to follow him, to live as he lived? Hmm. The cross represents adversity, affliction, misfortune, and tragedy. It is tribulation and discomfort. The cross is the litmus test of our faith, of our patience, and our trust in our king's ability to save us. In the words of Messiah, not my will, but your will be done, as he prayed in agony in Gethsemane. When we find ourselves in trying times, we must learn to remember to look upon the cross and the willingness of Yeshua to take it into his arms because of the love he had for us. So take up your cross now has a different meaning when you look at it this way. When I saw it this way, I was like, whoa, yo, this is deep. And it made me want to look at this a lot closer and try to understand it a little better. Now, we can see that first we have to deny ourselves, hand over ownership to our King Yeshua. And second is to take up our cross of suffering, of uncertainty, and not knowing what will befall us, what lies ahead. And then the third is to follow the Master in his footsteps, as we see in Matthew 16, 24. Then Yeshua told his disciples, If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. And again, we see in Matthew chapter 10, verse 38, And anyone who does not take up his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. So to be deemed worthy, we must put these three actions into practice. Deny, take up our cross, and follow Messiah. Deny ourselves, take up our cross, and follow Messiah. Wow. Now, to follow Messiah is not simply walking behind him and going in the same direction that he's going. To follow has a little more to do with living how he lived. The word that was used here in Matthew chapter 10, verse 38 for the for the word follow in the Greek is akolutheo and as Strong's number G one ninety okay and it reads properly to be in the same way with an example to accompany especially as a disciple to follow reach Webster's dictionary defines it this way the third definition for follow says to act according to an instruction or a precept. So to follow, we must act according 
to Yeshua. To be in the same way with him. That's why he said, if you love me, keep my commandments. So now it begins to make more sense. As to why all the suffering and discord and trials along with tribulations that seem to be more intense now than before when I began this journey. I was led to believe the total opposite that things would get better if I gave my life to the Lord, but I was sadly misinformed. That's why, my friends, I searched diligently for the flat-out truth because it's my responsibility to seek it out. Is this what the Bereans in Acts did when they heard Paul preach? After, the, after they heard him preach, they'd run back to the scriptures to make sure that what he was preaching fell in line with God's word. Friends, this too is our responsibility. Don't just take my word for it. Verify for yourself what the truth is. Remember, my truth might not be your truth, but there is always the flat out truth. The one truth that surpasses man's truth, and that's God's truth. So, taking up your cross, it's a great undertaking, accompanied with a lot of responsibility. Something that should not be taken lightly, and something that is not for everybody. Because we are called to suffer, my friend. And the disciples were aware of this when they were called. We know Peter definitely knew this because we can see from his first letter, chapter 2, verse 21, that he understood this because he was trying to explain it to them and also to us. It reads, For to this you were called, because Messiah also suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his footsteps. You have to ask yourself this question. Are you willing to suffer? Are you willing to sign over the deed to your body and soul to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords? Are you willing to give up everything that you hold dear to join Messiah, to become one with his suffering? For if we are one with him in his suffering, then we will be one with him in victory. This decision, my friend, is not an easy one. It wasn't an easy one for me to make after I realized the truth. And it definitely wasn't easy for the rich young man when he asked Yeshua a question on how to obtain eternal life. As we see in Matthew chapter 19, verses 16 to 22. Just then, a man came up to Jesus and inquired, Teacher, what good thing must I do to obtain eternal life? Why do you ask me about what is good? Jesus replied. There is only one who is good. If you want to enter eternal life, keep the commandments. Which ones? The man asked. Yeshua answered, Do not murder. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. 
do not bear false witness. Honor your father and mother, and love your neighbor as yourself. All these I have kept, said the young man. What do I still lack? Yeshua told him, If you want to be perfect, go, sell your possessions, and give to the poor. And you will have treasure in heaven. And then come follow me. When the young man heard this, he went away in sorrow because he had great wealth. Wow. Every time I read this, it just enlightens me a little bit more. But here we see that Yeshua presented this rich young man with his cross. And for many, it's very difficult to let go of their earthly possessions. And this is where a lot of people stumble. And why Yeshua said, if we cannot do the three things required, that we would not be worthy of him. My friend, eternity is a very long time. Longer than I could ever imagine. And we all have a choice to make, a decision to take. Regardless of who is willing to go with you on that journey, you must give up everything to gain it all. And while you're on this journey, you might find others just like yourself. And Abakadosh will guide your steps if you surrender it all to him. Deny yourself. Take up your cross and follow Messiah without looking back. I want to say thank you and share with you how blessed we are for spending your time here with us on It's the Flat Out Truth podcast. I pray that this has been a blessing to you and we would like to hear from you. So please send us an email at it's the flat out truth at gmail.com. All lowercase letter, no apostrophe, as our website is still under development. And you can catch It's the Flat Out Truth podcast on eight different platforms. Anchor, Spotify, Breaker, Google Podcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Apple Podcasts. We're also on Facebook, on Instagram, and WordPress. So tune in next week. As we look at forgiveness, a subject that is always on my heart and sometimes a hard pill to swallow. Now, I pray that the Lord bless you and keep you under his wings, under his protection. And I bid you shalom until next time. I am Bravo Cologne. Shavua Tov. Have a blessed week.